We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Years Radio featuring Andy Lou and just Andy Lou. Uh, Sam, his friend Diari, is on PTO for the next, I guess, one hour, two hours. He's going to be covering Summer League live starting uh, starting tomorrow and until the rest of the weekend. So I'm going to hold us over. Really, today is going to be a uh, it's going to be a callers only show. We're going to get everybody's thoughts on and uh, talk about really whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about the rookies. You want to talk about the trades. You want to talk about Steph Curry. You want to talk about Farhan Zaidi. Whatever you want to talk about, we're going to go through it. Uh, but my initial thought, thoughts on this game, because we just watched the Warriors finally win uh, a summer league game here over the Raptors, uh, is that Jonathan Kaminga plays as hard as Kelly Oubre does, uh, except that he's six years younger. So you're kind of okay with the mistakes that he's making. Um, and watching someone like Kaminga play at this level, it just looks like he... It just looks like he's comfortable playing NBA basketball already uh, at the age of 18, which is insane to see, um, especially for someone with that potential, right? Because we watched Moses Moody and you're like, okay, this guy's ready to play at that level um, because because he's used to it and he's not a type of guy that needs to drive past guys. He's not a guy that's going to be functioning mostly out of pick and roll or in isolation. He's really only going to do a few things and he's going to excel at them. Jonathan Kaminga is trying to figure out what he's good at. And right now you can see he's going to be an incredible downhill uh, attack basket type of player. Um, He could end up being a very good help side defender. Um, There are things that you can see right now that are projectable at the NBA level. But then there are things that you look at and you're like, well, what if he could make 36, 37% from three? He hit a few tonight, right? He had a few uh, that kind of went off the side of, I mean, there was an air ball stuck, you know, here, here and there, but what if he could shoot in the mid thirties from three point range? Then he becomes right. Like then he becomes a real deal, real deal superstar. And I think you watch Kaminga try to figure out what he's good at out there. I think that's what makes it exciting. Uh, We'll also be curious to see kind of how Steve Kerr is going to manage his role on the team during the regular season. Um, This seems to be that free agency is over. I don't think that they're going to sign anybody else. And Clay Thompson's not going to play till December. So what is that role going to be for him? Obviously, he's not going to start, 
but he's going to play minutes and he might be playing minutes that genuinely matter during the regular season instead of kind of saying, well, go out there and play 30 minutes and figure it out, right? Which is what really all he's working with. Kate Cunningham's going to play as many minutes as he wants. Jalen Green's going to play as many minutes as he wants. Jonathan Kaminga's not going to get to do that. He's going to, it's going to be a whole lot of, you go out there, you kind of got to play a certain way. And the stuff that you're watching in Summer League where he just goes and drives into a few people and just makes the pass here or there where you kind of don't know what he's doing. That'll be interesting to see in the regular season what happens when he's next to Stefan Draymond. You could argue that that's a good thing because if he's playing next to Stefan Draymond, he doesn't have to do all the decision-making. He can focus on playing defense. He can focus on dunking, right? He can focus on even making a corner three. Um, but but as of right now, it's, it's pretty exciting to, to watch what he's doing. Uh, GP2 and Kyle Guy, I think another thing I want to talk about before we get to callers – a uh, very interesting, I think, type of uh, end of the roster spot um, battle, because you got a guy that I think Gary Payton is is a, is a great glue player, right? You can already tell, very good defensively, gets a lot of rebounds, a lot of rebounds for 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 a guard. Reminds you a little bit of Russell Westbrook. I mean, even Steph Curry gets a bunch of rebounds. Um, so you got him doing that. If he makes threes like he did does tonight. And he becomes a very, very important, you know, he becomes a very effective player. I mean, plus 20, whatever it was. But really, it's like if he can make threes, he could stay on the floor. It's kind of like the JTA type of thing. Incredibly smart, very good defender. And if he makes threes, he's an NBA player. So we'll see what happens there. Kyle Guy, I mean, that's, that's your Michael Mulder, right? Like there, there's your kind of end of the bench. Um, he's got a little bit more of a ball handling ability than Michael Mulder. I also think he's a better shooter. He's got a quicker release. It just it looks better coming off his hand. A little more fearless. Um, I mean, he was he was clutch player in college. I mean, I don't know how much that matters, but just an incredible shooter. I mean, you can always use those guys. Um, so it, it'll be a battle to see, like, do they look at the guy who, sh- who who can shoot a lot or do they look at the glue guy? The Warriors tend to, hey, give me the glue guy, right? So we'll see how that turns up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get some callers in. If you guys want to jump on, we're going to go through whoever wants to uh, wants to jump on and talk. Let's get started. Hey, Maxwell. Hey, Andy. Um, I first off had a question about Kuminga. How do you feel about the Jalen Brown comparisons? Because I've heard a lot of people throw those out, and I wanted to know what you thought about that. And also, if it's all right, I wanted to know who, who you – uh, think, think it's going to win between Cyril Gunn and, and Francis when they inevitably fight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm not, let's see here. How do I see? 
So the Jalen Brown comparison, that's a, that's a pretty, um, that's a pretty, I think standard one, a common one that everyone's making, right? I think the big difference that you see in uh, between, in my opinion, Kaminga right now, because I haven't, I didn't watch him in G League, but you watch him now in the three games that he's played versus Jalen Brown coming out of college. Kaminga has a way better handle, way better handle. I think Jalen Brown now has a good handle to where he can average twenty plus points in the NBA for the rest of his career. But Jalen Brown didn't have that handle in college. He was a very athletic guy. Um, just like Kaminga, uh, really, Kaminga looks a lot better than Jalen Brown did coming out of college. Uh, Jalen Brown's trajectory, though, the way he's progressed and the way he's got better, that's not really like that's not something linear that you can expect out of everybody that's a raw prospect, right? If that were the case, I mean, everybody in the NBA would be, I mean, like, there'd be 10 more superstars in the NBA if that were the case. So, Jalen Brown, I think, has a very unique uh, path where he became. Just a raw, athletic guy who, who can shoot a little bit. Now he has a handle, great defender, can get to the rack, and can make threes. Like, those are things where you're like, man. Like, to me, that came out of nowhere. Obviously, Boston saw that. Um, and then the other thing with, with Kaminga as well is Kaminga doesn't have that type of shot. I, I don't see him being the type of shooter that Jalen Brown is. But he also seems to me like he's going to be able to get to the rim a lot easier and a lot more. What's up? Yo, what's up, Andy? Thanks for doing this. Hey, sure. I, this was a, this was a this was a fun one tonight, man. We got to see some missed dunks that everyone got excited about. We got to see one awesome dunk from GP two. Man, that guy got up there. It was it was good stuff. Kyle <laughs> guy hit some jumpers. You know, Moody hit some shots. Everything's everything's looking solid. We'll see who fights it out for the last spot. I kind of said in the chat, I'd. I think I'd rather have Kyle Guy over Mulder, but I'm sure that's not a popular opinion. And frankly, Guy probably wouldn't want to sign a contract like that anyways. He mm-hmm. seems like he's a little hard-headed, which is probably why he doesn't have a job at the moment. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think it was positive overall. And I, and I like what I see out of Kaminga. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. I, I think uh, enjoy Vegas, dap up some people, <laughs> knock out some good pods, man. This is great. Thanks for uh, having this forum for us. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I appreciate it, John. Yeah, I, I think I think so far, if you look at the Warriors, this this you know kind of summer league, and you look at the young guys, it's it's all optimism. I mean, it's it's even more optimism than than you watch James Wiseman play. And James Wiseman had an awesome kind of first few games. I count James Wiseman's really his first month as like preseason and summer league, and you, and we were watching that, and everybody was super pumped up. And I think you watch this, and you're even more pumped up because. I think with Kaminga, I think he's shown probably the most potential just in the way that he can create his own shot uh, out there. Not always great. But the fact that he's bulldozing through guys yesterday, I mean, uh, what's he's bulldozing through Franz Wagner, maybe not yesterday, but the other day. And you're just looking at it, it's like Franz Wagner is supposed to be a damn good NBA defender at some point. And Kaminga treated him like I was guarding him. Right. Like those are things where you're like looking far off in the future. I mean, and, and the motor, the motor is probably the number one thing that ever, that everybody's been impressed by. But I mean, he's out there playing like I mean, there's just to me, there's a lot of Russell Westbrook to his game, even though he's a lot bigger. But there's just a lot of that. And I'm talking about the good, the good traits of uh, of Russell Westbrook here. Hey, Ryan. Hey, what's up? What's up, brother? Yeah, so first I just wanted to say Moody's going to look better just in a regular setting. And I frankly think he should probably be looking to start just to keep everyone else in the roles. Play him the first six minutes of the first, the first six minutes of the third. Just get him in with the starters, get him in with the structure. And then as far as Kaminga goes, I feel like Siakam is the accurate comp for him just in the way his motor is and 
the athleticism and just, I feel like he's the type of guy who you're going to make the development staff is going to make or break their money on just because he has so many of those like raw traits. And he even has some feel to his game where you're like, I could see Siakam being the upper percentile for him. Yeah, Siakam's an interesting one. Do you think do you think Kaminga gets that shot that he's consistent enough to to be I mean, it's not like Siakam's a great shooter. I mean he's had some down years, but at Siakam's best, pretty darn good shooter. Yeah, um see that's the thing. We got the Raptors development guys, so I'm interested to see if they <laughs> do some of the same stuff they did with Siakam with Kaminga, because it seems like the ideal archetype to build him as is this small ball five slash four. Right who could right. get to the rim, who could defend multiple positions, who has some field passing, who could get to the rim. It seems like the ideal archetype for him, no? Yeah. Yeah, I do. That was an incredible play where he uh, – no, uh, okay, maybe not the, incredible, but the there was spin. a – Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm more meaning kind of the, the passing and the, and the playmaking is where yeah. he, he drove in and you're kind of looking at it and you're like, well, most rookies at that at that age and at that juncture and their playmaking ability is probably just going to run into two pe- run into two people and or force up a shot. And he passes to to I believe McLaughlin or someone in the corner, wide open, who kicks it to Kyle Guy for another open three. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, damn, if he's able to make that pass at at, at 19 years old, I'm 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 bullish. Right, I'm yeah. bullish on what he can do. You know, two three years from now. Yeah, there was two other passes: the alley oop tip pass, where it sort of goes up at the rim, and he has the presence of mind to sort of tip it to the center. And then the other one, where he's driving to the rim and he does the spin and then dumps it off for the easy layup. So he has some feel passing the ball. It's yeah. just sometimes it may not be accurate, and sometimes it may not always be there. But you see the vision with his passing. It's not like Wiseman where he. He can't pass a basketball and he doesn't see where the passes are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you, right? I'm with you. Thanks. Uh, thanks for, thanks for calling in. I think he makes a, that makes a good point about Moody. Um, the playing better with better players around him is, I think the archetype of someone that is going to be an elite role player, right? Andre Godala is who I think of, not as a comp to, to Moody, but Andre Godala in, in Philly and in Denver, really just had too much of a role where he had to playmake or was actually, or was the primary playmaker. And when that happens, it, it's, you're just not good enough, right? It's, it's a lot of NBA players. They play as a first, first role option. They're really only first round, you know, first round exit players. Um, but if you put them as a second and a third option, then they become elite. And I think with Moody, it's, he's just going to be a bit, he is who he is regardless of whether he plays with Steph at point guard or GP2 at point guard, right? Like he's not going to do more than what he can do no matter what. So when I see him out there and he's like going ISO or going pick a roll, it's like, he's, that's not something that he wants to do as long as he play with good, as long as he plays with good players, which he will um, this season, he's going to be fine. What's up, Alex? What's up, Andy? Uh, Long time follower. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. What's up, man? Um, I didn't watch the game, but you know, I checked the box score and I see, uh, Okay, Kaminga three for six from three, Moody three for seven. I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, this is what I want to see. And then I check the field goal attempts, do the math, they're combined three for 19. Like, is this indicative of all of what we're going to be seeing in the season? Or is this just chalk it up to summer league game? What's up with that? Yeah, um, I mean, I think part of that is uh, these guys are having the ball in their hands a lot. And I don't think either of these guys are – like, they're not Jalen Suggs. 
right? Like mm-hmm. you put the ball, you put the ball in Jalen Suggs' hands. He's making the right decision every time. Right now, um, when you're looking at these guys in this environment, I think John Malalela and a lot of these assistant coaches, Chris Weems, just sitting there and just saying, "Guys, just go out there and just figure it out, and just do do what you want and test what you want to do in this environment." Because end of the day, like it doesn't matter, right? Whether they go three for nineteen or or six for seven. Now, I will say Kaminga did miss, you know, like four dunks. Okay, <laughs> he did miss like four dunks. And Moody had a had a couple of tips and stuff like that, but I, I do think end of the day, a lot of this is hey, they're just gonna let guys try what they want, and, and you know sometimes games like this happen. For sure, they're not in the rule. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate you, Alex. Yeah, thanks. All right, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. They they also don't really have someone that can handle the bomb. You look at, I can't believe I'm breaking down summer league basketball. God. Guys, guys, call in. Call in, and uh, I'm going to rip through as many callers. Probably not going to leave until the caller list run out. Um, so we still got a list here. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, they kind of also don't have someone that's kind of that, that caretaker with the ball in the summer league, which I don't necessarily care about. But if you're looking at the type of shots these guys are getting, and Jessup's a play – like he's a play finisher. Moody's definitely a play finisher. Jonathan Kaminga's, I guess, kind of both, but really like he's not nowhere near – He's not he's not good enough to be a playmaker right now, even in summer league, right? So, you know, this type of stuff kinda happens. Same with Kyle Guy. Next man up. Hey Joseph. What's up, Andy? Appreciate up, you, man. Yes, sir. How's it going? It's going great, man. I was just I wanted to get your opinion just zooming out a little further. Uh, my entire life spring training has always been an event Ooh. for baseball. And yeah. it seems like in just the last few years, summer league has just become a thing. And it's not like spring training where you're actually seeing the stars. It's like like you were saying before, there's so much optimism and, and, and experience in these games. But people are flying in. You guys are recording live. Like, I just wanted to get your take on just the what Summer League is and what it kind of means for where the NBA is going. Ooh. Wow, you caught me off guard with that one. Um, you ever been to Summer League? I have not, and I I would like to go. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. that's – you know, I was hoping to go this year, but now, you know, obviously COVID threw some things off with a – whole summer right, so right. Uh, um so but, uh, but it's something that it's, it's on my list for sure yeah yeah well first off just appreciate the call um it's, it's a it's a it's a good one i think in terms of where the nba is going i think they in my opinion the nba needs help showcasing what's coming next right in the league you talk about lebron you talk about steph curry you talk about kevin durant those guys are going to be there for the next few years still but i think they've somewhere along the way kind of failed at showcasing who these next players are going to be, who these next superstars are going to be, and most importantly, I think, who these teams are going to be. I'm watching the Houston Rockets right now, and or yesterday, and I'm looking at the guys that they drafted. Jalen Green, um, Shengun, um, Usman Garuba's not playing yet, but he will, and then Josh Christopher. So they got four first-round picks, and I think when the NBA markets these teams, they should market it as a team and to say, hey, these young guys – are grown up, these guys are going to be the next superstar type of teams. I, I call it, kind of always look at football as that example to say, you know, people root for the Chiefs because they're attached to the team, right? And when you look and when you look at the NBA, I don't know if that's the case anymore. The other part is the NBA also doesn't market college basketball. Like there's a little bit of a disconnect there where the players don't play for college. I personally don't care. I don't watch college. But I think the NBA has to find a way to say we need to – we need to find and figure out 
how people are going to care about these players before they make it to the NBA, right? That's very, very important. I don't know if the summer league does that, right? Because it's it's really just two weeks for for these guys to play and for kind of the the coaches and the execs to kind of talk and mess around and scouts and stuff like that. But I think that's a pretty important part when you look at zooming out and looking at NBA in the future is they got to find a way to to market these teams and these players before they get to the NBA. Um, because that's what makes it fun. I mean, if they play four years of college, you're attached to certain people already. It makes it cool when they get to a team. So, Next man up. What's up, Gary? How's it going, Andy? How you doing? What's up, brother? What we got, man? Uh, have you been to Summer League before? I covered Summer League when I first started my, my, uh, my blogger career like six, seven years ago. I haven't gone in like three years, though. Games uh, are bad. Games are bad. I'm yeah. sorry. Games it's are bad. cool to be around people, though. The one time I went, it was like I was an arm distance away from like NBA general managers, and that was pretty unique. Uh, but I was going to ask, with all those uh, decision makers being there in one place, do you think there's an opportunity for a deal to be struck? Uh, I guess the whole Simmons-Warriors thing is kind of contingent on when slash if Dame asks out, but that's kind of where my space is out with, uh, with the Warriors right now. Ooh, you think Steph is on the phone with Ben right now? Just, just saying, come on over. <laughs> they showed him on TV on the phone. <laughs> I will say, I will say that is that is the one thing that you hear at, at summer league. You know, it, it is about the players playing, and I'm, I'm currently watching. I'm currently watching Mac McClung play basketball, which is not my favorite thing to do. But um, a lot of the times, it is a place for the executives and the and the general managers and the coaches to kind of share uh, what they've taught, what they've known so far. And to really to talk some trade in terms of what, uh, in terms of wh- whether a trade's going to happen. I-, I think that really depends end of the day on the players. And, and you're probably referencing specifically Ben Simmons, right? And you're, you're, I, I think that depends on what the players want to do. End of the day, I think the, the guys there, Bob Myers and uh, Daryl Morey, if they were to meet up, probably already know like, Hey, this is kind of the trade. You know, they've talked about this for a while, right? Like, they kind of know, here, these are the guys that we want to trade. These are the offers we want to put out there. I think, end of the day, the NBA, it's a player's league. It's a player's league. If Damian Lillard wants out, then you got action. Then Damian Lillard gets to figure out where he wants to go to. Then all of a sudden, Darren Morey is forced to, forced to actually make that trade, or right? Like, like that type of stuff. But if those guys are just going to sit there and not care, then I don't know if it matters. I don't know if it matters. Appreciate you, Gary. All right. What do we what do we got next? Somebody had a Jessup question. We should get to Jessup. Oh, I got one more. One more. Hey, Brandon. Hey, what's going on, Andy? Uh, quick question. So we talk about Moody's ability to shoot the basketball, which is obviously super important. How well do you think he holds up during a regular season of NBA basketball defensively, whether it's playing alongside Steph or Poole or, you know, what do we think about him being able to guard some NBA talent? Look, He looks a little slow, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. Yeah, especially defensively. It's a good question. I, I'm, I'm obviously a huge fan of Moody. I mean, I, I think he's going to end up being an elite role player. But the comp is, you know, you see Mike, Michael Bridges a lot as the comp. And uh, Michael Bridges is, is, is explosive. Like, he's not you – know, he's not Kaminga out there. But Michael Bridges can move. And I think Moody has a little bit of, um, like, old, old man game and not the good kind of old man game. Um, in terms of how he holds up at the NBA, though – I think he does have the length and he does have the IQ. A lot of it with, with Moody, I think, end of the day, is going to be how smart he's going to be as a player. 
Um, and we, we don't know what that is until probably probably midway through the season, maybe even end of the season. I personally think he's an incredibly smart player, but you, you really don't know that, especially defensively. I mean, really, how many genius defensive players are there in the NBA? The Warriors had like three of those guys on one single team. I mean, we're, we're talking about they had Draymond, Iguodala, and Clay on one single team for like six years. Those are three of the smartest guys on defense that you'll ever, ever see. Um, so it's a lot to ask of Moody to do that, but he's, he's got the length. I think a lot of the non-athleticism stuff, I think he just, he just doesn't go up and down quickly. Like that, that's, that's his thing. So he'll have finishing issues, but in the day, like, that's not, that's not why they got Moody in the first place. Um, Kyle Anderson's a good comp. I do think Moody is, uh, uh Moody's a little quicker than that. Uh, I think Moody also has a much better shot, but he does move a little bit like slow-mo. Um, but slow man, slow mo is real slow. I mean, that's, that's the slowest guy. Also, also Moody's jump shot is gorgeous. I mean, that thing goes. That thing is is smooth. It's pure. You think that thing's going in? I think when you look at the type of shot that um uh that you look at from that that's him. That he's it's probably Steph. I mean, obviously Clay, um, and probably Moody in terms of jump shots. And 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 I mean, you got Jordan Poole, but um, you know, he's right up there. So, guys, uh. Keep requesting if you want to talk. I've got one more news item that I'll go through before we hop on out of here. Jordan Poole. So Steve Kerr, um, our guy, came back from Tokyo. And uh, he said that it looks likely that Jordan Poole is going to be the starter, most likely, at shooting guard until Clay comes back. Then he goes on and throws out other names like Damian Lee and Michael Mulder and Maybe Otto Porter throws out a bunch of stuff. I'm with him. There's also a video that came out with Jordan Poole looking like he gained 10 pounds of muscle, which classic. You talk about you talk about someone before was talking about spring training. Uh, you talk about classic best shape of his life. Jordan Poole, 10 pounds of muscle, amazing. It's like Andrew Wiggins last year, uh, putting on 10 pounds of muscle. By the time it was three games in, you're like that's the exact same player that we were looking at last season. Um, but back to Jordan Poole as a starting two. I've been all in on this. I, I think that has to be the move. Um, I think what's most even important is that he might be starting the whole season. Just because Clay comes back in December does not mean that, that Clay Thompson should automatically be inserted in the starting lineup. I don't think that should be the case. I think if you're looking at Jordan Poole at the starting two position, you start to say, man, that should be him in the, in the, rest of, in the, in the regular season. And also, he should be the guy in your closing lineup. Totally get that, hey, maybe Steph and, Steph and Poole are too small to play together. But we're not talking about Steph and Poole playing together in the postseason, which is, you know, maybe when they'll get exposed. We're talking about an 82-game regular season. And not every team is going to expose those guys um, where it matters. Because you put those two guys together, they could be an incredible – and they really need Poole's playmaking on that offensive unit especially. Um, because I, th- I think what they've learned last season and what they will learn moving forward is that you can't have Andrew Wiggins as your number two playmaker. That's a recipe for a 500 team at best, right, as your, as your number two guy. Wiggins is probably best as your number three. I would say maybe even number four. But I think that's – that's the fit is there. You need him to playmake. He, he's going to – he's still – I mean, he's your second best shooter um, coming off the floor. So I think he should uh, – I think he should be the guy. I think he should also be in closing lineups. Um, until further notice. So, guys, I think we're good. We're going to get out of here. We will be back Friday. Sam and I are going to be recording in Vegas. 
and uh, enjoy your week. Thank you.